on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Thursday, September 23rd, the L.A. Galaxy getting ready for a trip to Austin, Texas, where they'll take on Austin FC, the worst team in the Western Conference, which should mean three points for the LA Galaxy. And I'm going to tell you at the very end of the show why that might not happen. That's the, is that a good way? No, that's not a good way to start it, but I'm going to tell you anyway. You're just going to have to hang out. We're going to figure it out. All right. Uh, we have a lot to get to. LD celebration details are starting to fall out only 10 days. I have a cool little graphic we'll put up. 10 days until El Trafico coming up on October 3rd. So get you a little ready for that. LD statue unveiling, a whole bunch of things that are coming up. You're going to want to get that. So a lot to get to, some stats, some fun, some schedule, all things that you love, that we love. And I know what you love even more than you love me. You love Sophie. And Smith Sophie Nicolau is back once again. So how are you doing? tones and let me just say i feel like i'm in the observatory with your background it's very soothing it's very cool i'm ready for a little space story i mean every time i speak to you you've got some new lighting or some new gadget or some new thing yeah. and it's quite spectacular to be quite frank well, welcome welcome to my wife i mean this is she has to deal with this did all the time did you say wife yes, you yes. didn't say life no i right? did. I said, said wife, yeah, yeah no my wife my wife is always like what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm just doing, I'm going to, you know, and the crazy thing is we redid our office. So her desk is right next to mine. We now made a super long desk. She has her own space on that side and it is wonderfully dainty and clean. And then you mm -hmm. have me and I have like two lights in my face, a giant boom microphone, uh, you know, mood lighting <laughs> behind the screen, mood lighting behind the screen. I got a laser light thing going. Yeah, I'm, I'm nuts. And I wasn't on Amazon today looking for more lights and different things that I could do. Of course, of course you weren't. No. Why of, would course you, of course you're not spending the baby's college fund. No, no. no not at all. We got, that's, that reminds me. Got to do that too. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, college. Huh, what do you think? I'll, hopefully I'm dead by then. I mean, quite honestly, let's just keep our fingers crossed. That's, that's how he's getting to college. He may have to offer me um so yeah that's where it is how are you doing self good i'm doing good i'm doing good apparently there was just a wee earthquake just a baby one like a three-pointer yeah yeah and 
I mean, yeah, is, just a is, that, is that a thing? I mean, if it's below a three, can we even say you felt it if you're from Southern California? You've been here long enough. You, no, you, I, like, no. You, I don't think that should be reported. Like not, it shouldn't be a hashtag on Twitter. Right. Like there shouldn't be people on Twitter right now saying earthquake. Did you feel it? Like there shouldn't yeah. be people in chat saying earthquake. Yeah. But it was in Carson again. Yes. This is what's worrying. Listen, all I, all I need to do is be near the rock if the big one hits. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. I'm, I'm glad. I'm gl- yeah, I mean, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I like it. Um, Everything else going well? Everything's good? We're, we're rocking. Yeah. What do you think of the LA Galaxy's Winless in Six? I know you have many thoughts. I'll, I'll let you, you know, sound off for a little bit. <sighs> it's really poor. Yeah. I mean, how has this happened? I, I remember a few months ago on the show, I was raving about how this team through loss and adversities really come together. There's something very special and unique about the group. Um, felt like they could overcome anything having gone through some of those life-changing moments. But also on the flip side of that, have those moments taken their toll on some of the players? Uh, the international break uh, has not helped at all. I always find it so aggravating Um, Because in the Premier League, it's right at the beginning of the season, Josh, right? Right. Um, And there's another one coming up in just a a week or so. Um, But then also with MLS, it comes at the business end of the season as well. And that's a huge challenge. But I'm not sure if Vanny knows. I think he knows his best 11. But I think through some injuries and through you know, just not being able to select some players, he's found it difficult to juggle that. And I I don't want to say I'm disappointed and I expected more from him because I do think it's been challenging with so many players coming in. It's like a revolving door of new players. Mm-hmm. So there was bound to be a hiccup. What I think, Josh, is that have they gone through their bad moments and are they going to pick it up at the business end of the season, get that consistency going again, you know, which they've completely lacked over the last um, six games. Right. Uh, Chicharito missing eventually hurt them. Right. No matter what you say, him not being fit has hurt them. So this is the time now. They've got to build on on something and it's got to start somewhere and you cannot afford to lose to Austin FC. That would be a big fat no-no. Yeah, so not start... A- not Start the consistency train there. Yeah, that's it, that's all they can do. I, I mean, and, and that's the important thing now is, is to find, you know, that level, find that consistency so you can build that forward and and, and go. Um, it's going to be interesting. I I know what you're saying with the with the best 11. And I have an argument that even uh, your best 11 might be not your starters, because in some ways, I think some of the best people they can put on the field can't go 90 minutes. So maybe they don't start and maybe you have to have build into that lineup into the second half. Mm. But you still have a consi- you should have a consistent starting lineup at this point. This is it, though. You have nine games left. You have to get that. You, you have to get those players in. You have to start, you know, linking all this stuff together. You only have nine games. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons for, for the galaxy. I was actually talking to somebody today and I was sort of going through it and I was like, and we've said it on this podcast and it's going to be a broken record for a lot of people. Um, but it, it's the fact that the LA galaxy are not a possession based team and they don't play that way. Um, when they play possession based, they possess to nowhere and it's difficult for them to build into something. They're better as mm-hmm. a counterattacking team, but that means they have to have a team that actually comes at them in order to be that. Right. And it's like, who's going to who's going to come at them knowing that they're that they're well, it's the best teams that come at them. And then you sit there and say, well, Josh, what what did they do against Sporting Kansas City? What did they do against Seattle? What did they do against Colorado? 
right? And the answer is they lost all of them, right? Except for the second game in Colorado where they drew. Um, but that was a game where Colorado came at them as well. And that yeah. was one of their better games. So I sit there and go, okay, if you're on the road for the galaxy, then this should be a comfortable place for you because you like to counter. Even if you don't think you're a counterattacking team, you like to counter, play a little defense first, counter, that type of thing. So we we will see where that ends up. Um, I still think that the key to all this is scoring the first goal. And we've talked about that a whole bunch. The Galaxy's record when scoring first goal is ridiculously good and ridiculously bad when they don't score the first goal. So they have to do something in order to get mm -hmm. that confidence to be able to score that first goal. And I just, I haven't seen it. I don't see it right now. Josh, they're too pedestrian to be counterattacking. The midfield is so pedestrian sometimes. And that has come also through old legs, you know, Sasha has been good for in spurts, mm -hmm. um, Vasquez, but they've got a lot of mileage. They're in the twilight of their careers. And I think it can work for a while, but I don't think it's worked effectively. Um, and it just all, and even Dos Santos, yeah. you know, yeah. it, they don't move the ball quick enough, fast enough. And legit, I don't know what's going on with him in the sense that I think he's been sideways backwards passing. I see I see him do it for the US men's national team. And sometimes that comes from growing in confidence in the team. And I saw him evolve a little bit with the US men's national team. But it's just too static. Mm -hmm. And and I think, you know, Cabral makes really good runs, but he his second his second move or his second touch is the poorest yes. when it has to be the strongest. Mm -hmm. And I was going to ask you this. Do you think Vanny's just been um, stubborn sticking with him or are there really no better options? No, I, I think that you will see. It would be my guess, at least in Austin. I wouldn't be surprised if Cabral's on the bench. Um, but having said this, again, we talk about growing into lineups, right? You, you grow into a lineup during a game because maybe you can't get, you know, like Victor Vasquez or Sasha Kleshin. Maybe those guys being on the field is the best, but you can't start them and have them go 90 minutes. That's not the best for the team. Um, and so where do you go with? So, so there needs to be this base lineup and then you need to be able to evolve either into more defensive or more offensive. And you need to have players that can fit into that as well. And I think um, with all the number of games that have come back to back to back, Vanny has one has had to rotate more than probably he would want to. And now he doesn't have now you're more or less settled for that. This is a sprint down to the finish, right? Austin, there should be no rotation. You should get what exactly what you want. Yes, you can worry about the midweek game in RSL a little bit if you want to. Um, mm. but it's, it's not it, it, the important game to win out of these next two, right? Is the Austin game. You go to RSL afterwards, deal with whatever you need to deal with in the RSL game. Got to get a point there. You, you, I mean, it would be nice. It would be great. Um, I just, again, on the road for so many games down the, I just, I, I, you can't tell me anybody feels confident about the galaxy getting a point anywhere, not at home or on the, on the road. So for me, that one's important. Um, and the LAFC game is important, right? When your home games is more important, especially from a team that's trying to creep into that. And so when your home games. So for me, the RSL game is, hey, if you got a point, that'd be great. And if not, then make sure you get six points from the two that are on either side of that. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of question marks around this team. So, I mean, we'll get more into this. I, I, I don't want to completely go. I want to remind everybody. Yeah. Um, we are playing our secret word game again. Um, so it's your job in the chat room to guess your secret word. Uh, we're going to try this time uh, again. It'll just it'll be free guesses for everybody. I think maybe next week we might do um, one dollar super chat guesses after that. It's not really to raise money more just so that way you actually have to guess 
for real, like your final answer and not just start throwing words up against the wall whenever you don't know what it is. So uh, Sophie and I, um, it's our job tonight to say the word enough. So that way we have definitely said it, uh, but not enough for you guys to guess it. All right. So hopefully we're good enough for that. And uh, I think we've been doing a good job so far. So um, I think we, so. Yeah. So we will continue that. So before we get too far, though, let's play our first game of the night. Or I guess we're already playing the secret word game, but we'll play, we'll play this game again. I want to play the Wikipedia guessing game um, just to loosen everybody up, get your minds thinking. Remember our rules here on Corner of the Galaxy for this. And again, I know other people play this game in different ways. Uh, the way we do it is very simple, is that there is a current LA Galaxy player and we go on their Wikipedia and then we go to the teams that they have played for and youth career, senior team, that type of thing. And as your job in the chat room to guess, I will read off these things. And then if you're guessing on the podcast as well, um, you can go ahead. So if you are listening to our podcast, it's your job to email me afterwards and tell me what it is. And I will randomly pick somebody to win something from this. Um, the chat room in this particular game, you win nothing except for a handshake. So um, that'll be fun. All right. <laughs> Here, here, here is our Wikipedia uh, entry for today, our Wikipedia guessing game for today. Uh, a youth career consisted of Central Coast Condors, Santa Barbara Soccer Club, Barca Residency Academy, and the LA Galaxy Academy starting in 2018. In 2018, also LA Galaxy 2. Uh, 2019 was LA Galaxy. So that's the senior career there. National team uh, appearances uh, for the United States for U18, U19, U20, U23, and approximately, actually exactly one appearance parents for the United States senior national team. Sophie, if I gave you all of these, would you have, I told you who it was before we started, yeah. but would you have known that it was this person? Um, I would have, the one thing that would have given it away uh -huh. for me, yes. um, not given it away, but I would have given a good crack at it is the Barca residency. I understand. Academy. I understand. Um, but when you look at the teams um, and the national team, uh, it would be a pickle. I think you've picked up a good one. I, I'll be honest with you. The chat room was pretty quick on it. Um, Julian Araujo is the correct answer. Uh, Francisco Reyes, I think you are the first one who got wow. it. Uh, good nice. job. Congratulations. A little tip of the hat. So a little Wikipedia game for there. Julian Araujo. So uh, our last one, I think, was Dan Steris. We went with another defender because Josh is obsessed with defenders, as I've been told many times. Uh, so we went with Julian Araujo. So there you go. You got your two players uh, on the back line, and we'll try to go through the rest of the uh, lineup as we go as well. Some of these are going to be like they played in France, and you're going to be like, ah, I did this. Ah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So uh, we'll certainly uh, certainly go with that. So had good. Uh, as I reminded everybody at the top of the show, just 10 days till El Trafico, uh, Wendy from Twitter was nice enough to let us use her wonderful graphics. She has her nice little letter board up on her counter next to her Cuisinart coffee grinder and her, 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 nice. her, her toaster, and it says 10 days till El Trafico, and it's 10 days indeed so start getting ready for that that's going to be uh, a lot of fun uh that, that picture is on point isn't it it's it's, yes. it's a solid it's a solid picture it is it is mm -hmm. uh, nice granite countertops too i like those black countertops i mean you know that's me that's where i grew up that was my 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 grow up is those black everybody had those black granite countertops so um all right let's get to uh, one thing that we talked a little bit about on Monday and the LA Galaxy on Tuesday, of course, sent out the email that officially um, sort of uh, put this into the rules for the Galaxy. And that is that starting on the game against Portland, which I believe is on October 16th, I believe October 16th um, against the Portland Timbers, uh, the LA County guidelines are going to mandate that you have um, 
a photo identification with matching proof of a full COVID-19 vaccine or photo identification with a matching negative COVID-19 viral test result from within 72 hours of kickoff time. The big thing that just sort of went in here is uh, they said the LA Galaxy will have some on-site COVID-19 testing, which will help you if you don't have that. Um, if you're going to do that, I would suggest you show up very early because I have a feeling there's going to be a whole bunch of people who decide to go that way uh, whenever they do it. So it will take a long time to get through those. Um, so make sure you do that. Um, and then the other thing is that if you bought tickets for these and you don't want to abide by these rules, the LA Galaxy say that they will not be off offering any ticket refunds. There's plenty of ways for you to abide by this, either by the negative test or by being fully vaccinated. And so they feel that they've covered that. And so that is your warning for all this. And of course, guests under the age of 12 are not yet permitted to be vaccinated and are not required to provide a negative COVID-19 test. But like all attendees will be required to wear a mask at all times, except when actively eating or drinking. That's the current rule that we've been following anyway. So that is the official rule from the LA Galaxy. Wanted to throw that out there. So be easy enough we've been wearing masks in the press box forever. And so yep. we'll just show yep, all yep. of our stuff uh, that, that's there. So that'll start October 16th will not be in place for the October 3rd game because um, the LA County health order, even though it's in effect, it doesn't start taking place until October 7th. Um, I mean, after El Trafico, after El Trafico, what did I say? Did it, did, did, no, I'm, no, oh, I'm no, just being okay. cheeky. Like, yes. I wonder why it's, uh, well, well, of I mean, course, it's a county It's mandate. a county thing. It's not you, just because of the soccer game, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those fun things that, uh, that, that we will uh, go through. So that's what we have. Uh, a lot of stuff coming up around this El Trafico game, though, Sophie. And so we'll get to that in just a second, because I want to start first. Uh, with a little FIFA rankings, right? You play FIFA. Sophie, you're a big video game person. You were telling me uh, you just, you can't, you can barely no, put I it down, right? I have no one. I, I still play Tetris and that, that that game where, you know, I still like playing that game where you knock the brick wall down. Do you remember with that, that little line that was on the bottom of yes, your screen? That is a great growing, game, though. Yeah, I love that game. I knock put, the, what's the yeah. name of that? What's that? Mean? I'm, I'm sure somebody will. Don't rem so Hopefully somebody will remind us. But it was, you know, I had a Spectrum 48. And uh, that was my jam. That was you your know? jam. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Okay, so uh, so then you're probably not up to date on the latest, but in the the newest <laughs> no. newest EA FIFA game, uh, the 2022 game version of the game coming out, uh, they released some of the rankings, and the LA Galaxy went out and rated and had all of the rankings of their players. I'm just going to go over a couple of these just in case you care. Uh, Javier Hernandez is the highest rated LA Galaxy player at a 78 overall. Um, Jonathan Dos Santos is a 77, which shows that clearly nobody's been paying attention to this season for Jonathan Dos Santos because he would be much lower on my list of all these players. Uh, Victor Vasquez is 72. Uh, Jovalich is a 71. That's actually pretty high for, for young day on there. And then Sebastian Legetta, 71. Grant Sierra, 71. Uh, Viafania, 70. Araujo, 69. This is, again, how you know, like, Araujo's ceiling is so much higher, though. So I, I feel like eventually that 69 is going to go um, a little bit higher there. Derek Williams, Sasha Kleschen, both 69. Uh, Jonathan Dos uh, Jonathan Bond, 68, Ravellison, 68, Cabral, 67, Sega Koulibaly, 66. Anyway, that's that's sort of where you sit there. Um, I sort of cut it off at Efrain Alvarez at a 65. So um, that's uh, well, that that's sort of Josh, where we sit. Josh, what time period is it? 
Do you know, yeah. is it so? Is it just seasoned so far? So they update them uh, periodically whenever it comes mm. through. And so players that are in good form can have their rankings, uh, their form sort of swing up. Or if they're in bad right. form, their form sort of swing down. So the problem, of course, is that it goes on the... Um, let's say the majority of the big leagues calendar, which they just started, which is why now they're releasing because they've had some time to sort of get there. And now the rankings are in, whereas in the LA Galaxy have been playing since, you know, uh, March or April or whenever we started this ridiculously long season that I'm sure will only get longer whenever they add the League's Cup into all this. stuff. I, I'm not talking about the League's Cup today. I want everybody to know I refuse to talk about that. <laughs> it's coming in 2023. But all- we got a press. We got a press notice about it, Josh. Come on now. I can't. I can't. So, so we, like, okay, so you're going to add another three to six games to the to an MLS schedule that already will have the U.S. Open Cup, CCL for some teams, um, regular league play, international breaks, and then you're going to take a full month off of the season in the middle of the summer to play League's Cup. Does that sound like fun? It doesn't it's, sound like It's fun. like Europe now. It's like it's nonstop. The season is, uh, what do they get, two months off at best? I mean, two months. you're going to have to start it's in crazy. February. You're going to have to start in yeah. February, which they did crazy. in 20. 19 2020 2020 at the very beginning of 2020 they started in february the very last day of february but february anyway um and so now i'm thinking you're gonna have to start playing in like the middle of fifth you know the february 15th they're gonna be playing games on valentine's day i mean i don't know if i'm gonna be able to go to that game because i don't know if i'll be given permission they did i've never had to deal with this before and and apparently now i will so yeah and do fans care about it i know we've had this conversation before it was kind of fun um when there was a game I went to, it was fun. It was they, they played a lot of, you know, plays that you you don't often see. They mixed up the team. It was fun. But do fans really care about this competition? Is, is it just like in Europe? You've got so many domestic competitions. It becomes a bit of a money grab. You know I, what I mean? I, I, I am reserving. I am understanding that I'm going through like my different levels of grief with this. Right. Like I'm, I'm I will get to <laughs> acceptance eventually and I'll be like, this isn't that bad. Blah, 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 whole deal. But as of right now, I'm firmly uh, denial. I'm in denial. It's not happening. And I think it's stupid. It was funny. I talked to Dennis Teclosa. And if you missed uh, my hour long talk with Dennis Teclosa about youth development, which I thought was it was fun for me. I don't know if everybody else finds it fun. I always find fun talking about that stuff. But Dennis, I threw that in at the end. I'm like, we're not going to talk about League's Cup. And he was sort of like, yeah, let's see how they make that work. Right. Oh, so, he didn't even want to talk no, about it. No, he was he was like, uh, <laughs> right. The whole deal. And I was like, right. well, you know, more more uh, a higher salary cap, you know, a, maybe an extra DP, maybe another international slot. There's a whole bunch of things you'd have to do in order to make a roster deep enough to be able to compete against Liga MX in a month long tournament. So anyway, it's. Yeah. N- neither here nor there, um, Sophie. And for me, you know, I, w- I like the consistency of a season. I like to just, you know, go through a season and it's like every weekend you have a game and sometimes you have a midweek game, but not all the time. Not that you don't have to go every Wednesday. You don't have to be paying attention every Wednesday. Um, You're doing really well not talking about it, by the way. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for for getting me back on track because I will get angry about it even more. So uh, that's sort of where we sit. Uh, the the big news, and I will say it is big news. I think it was is that the LA Galaxy today announced all of their schedule for the Landon Donovan events. Is this something you're excited about or do you not care? I'm very excited about this. I am a huge Landon fan. Um, when I started covering the LA Galaxy was when Alexi Lalas was the GM and Beckham arrived that first day with all the fanfare. And you had Landon kind of, you know, sullen Landon, not appreciating all the hoopla. 
and the love that he was getting and just the journey from that moment. I just loved it. Um, and I loved Landon and Robbie Keane together. That was just a good time and a great time to cover the team. So, so deserved. I think he should have got his statue before Beck's actually, but I understand from a marketing point of view, it makes sense for Beckham to get it first. So yes, I'm very excited about this. I loved the Beckham event. That was superb. The, right. the whole unveiling of that statue. It was the turnout was brilliant. The amount of fans there, the ceremony, all of it was just epic. So yeah, I'm digging it. Yeah, Love it. it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and and events throughout the week, actually starting this weekend. Uh, let's get you updated on what those events are. Uh, Saturday, September 25th, the Landon Donovan Legacy Project. They're going to be painting murals at Bonita Elementary School. Um, this is from 8 to 11 a.m. or 1 to 4 p.m. Uh, that's something I believe that LA Galaxy season ticket members can also participate in. Um, they can go ahead and, and find those uh, that information in a season ticket member email that went out today. Um, so you can participate in some of these things um, that are coming up as well. Uh, the other interesting thing, and this is a lot bigger than I initially realized because they didn't really spell it out 100% whenever they released it to us, but looking and reading into some other stuff is Saturday, October 2nd, LA Galaxy 2 will host San Diego Loyal, of course, which is Landon's team that he coaches down in San Diego. So that means LA Galaxy 2 versus San Diego Loyal at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time if you're a season ticket member, you can actually go to this game. So if we, and G2 games have, cool. have not been open to the public. They've been open to like family members and close friends of players and types of things. But this is an actual, if you're a season ticket member for sure, and I don't know if they're going to open it up to everybody else, but it will be at Dignity Health Sports Park. Um, the supporters are hosting a party beforehand, Sophie. So um, between, I think, six and seven, there's a party out in the in the tailgate areas um, before this game. So LA Galaxy 2 versus San Diego Loyal. Get a chance to see a G2 game this way. This week, uh, uh, this year, if you haven't, um, and that game kicks off at 7.30 p.m. So you can make a whole weekend of this already starting on October 2nd. Um, one of those things that you can you can do and go to that game um, on October 3rd. They are saying and encouraging fans to arrive by 2 p.m. because uh, the Landon Donovan statue ceremony will kick off at 3 p.m. out in Legends Plaza there. Uh, and then after that ceremony, it goes L.A. Galaxy versus L.A.F.C. And then at halftime, and I don't know if this was widely reported or not, Sophie, it was mm -hmm. something certainly that I didn't notice at first, but it makes sense that it would happen. Landon Donovan will be inducted into the LA Galaxy's Ring of Honor at halftime. So he gets Legends Plaza with the statue and then inducted it into the Ring of Honor at halftime. And I have one more event that's not on this that they told us about, but they gave us absolutely no details. And Sophie, it's yeah. it, hopefully it'll 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 uh, spur some memories of you of maybe perhaps something you've done in past in, in a past life, and you might think about doing again. But there will be a private dinner for Mister Landon Donovan, and I don't know who's throwing it. I'm assuming AEG is throwing it, but it's happening on that Friday night before um, all this other stuff. So there is a very secret. Is that dinner. something we're invited to? Absolutely not. I already asked. I was like, so when's my ticket? What do you mean coming? you got your, you and DTS are besties now. Get it, us a ticket. No, it's, on, there's, <laughs> I, I was, I was trying. I mean, I was like, Hey, so yeah, I would love to cover mm. that. And they're like, yeah, I'd love to be invited. So, um, so there are people within the LA galaxy front office who aren't invited to this dinner. I'm like, is Dan Beckerman having it like in his office? And there's like three mm. people like, but they put it on our release. They put it on our release and yeah. said, Landon Donovan, private dinner, no details. Stuff like that. That's so, a tease. So, That's terrible. They shouldn't have told us. I know, because now I'm like, so should I just get my catering outfit ready to go? I mean, are we going to have to crash this party? Sophie, have you ever crashed a party before? Um, okay, so have 
I don't want this to sound like take please take this in the spirit of which I'm going to say this okay I love it um being a publicist in the entertainment industry for so many years mm-hmm. I never really had to crash a party you know because right. I was either, either throwing a party at Fox or Sony Pictures uh-huh. or or being invited oh. by the other film companies oh, to them so, but, so you're super but, fancy okay yes go ahead but um as a publicist too, uh, so Tony um, came with me to the Cannes Film Festival, I think it was in 2015, and I was busy working and stuff like that, and she was off doing her, you know, she loves taking pictures, she's got this fancy camera and stuff like that, and she sent me a picture of herself, and I was like, where are you? And she said, I've just crashed the Expendables press junket, and I said, what? <laughs> And as a publicist, I was horrified because right. I know the publicists who are working that junket. And right. then the next picture I got was Tony with Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jean-Claude Van Damme and Ronda Rousey and all these people. And in my mind, I'm like, get out of there right away. If anyone finds out, if you get busted and they find out that you're mine, you know, I'm in big trouble. So I, by by um, by you know, relations not directly, yes. but indirectly through yes, family relations. There was a crashing at the Cannes Film Festival, but it ended very well, actually. She, um, she's she's already my favorite person. I I am, I, get, I get it hundred percent. I I have a problem with authority, which means that I'm scared to death of ever doing anything like that. I think <laughs> I think the closest that we ever came um, was uh, after my sister got married, um, and so I was in the wedding party, that type of thing. Did the whole thing, uh, and. Then we went out afterwards. The wedding party decided that we didn't have enough drinking and fun at just the party. And so they went, you know, obviously my sister and my and my brother-in-law went away. And so we went out. And so we went to this bar and they're like, we're sorry, this is, you know, like a private event. Like it's somebody's having like a bachelorette party in here and stuff like that. And we're like, yeah, we know we're with them. And they're like, oh, okay. And so we went in. And so and we partied with those people. So that was about as close as I ever came. What's I have another question for you just because I kind of had a feeling that maybe you you were too fancy uh, to have ever crashed a party I, I like this um what's the most star-studded party you've ever attended and i know there's bazillion to think about so who was the one where you were like i can't believe i'm here it would have to be without hesitation the bafta awards in the late in the 90s um where elizabeth taylor was honored and i have to say that was a moment where she came out on stage and she's talking and I'm leaning over to my colleague and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I- is Elizabeth Taylor. Yep. I mean, that was a moment that was, that was massive. Yeah, I, was- I, I don't I don't think I have I don't think I have anything that can match any of that stuff. I haven't. I mean, you know, I, I stood in the locker room with David Beckham, but so did you. So, I mean, you know, but, yeah. but those moments as well, you're like Zlatan was one of those because mm-hmm. he's so imposing. He's mm-hmm. such a larger than life figure. Yep. And then when you see him in like, you know, in detail and depth, you can see his tattoos and, you know, and you, you, he, he's humanized when we see them in those moments, they're all humanized. But I mean, yes, I'm talking Sunday roast dinners with Steven Gerrard was pretty fantastic as well. I love that. I mean, it's one of my favorite anecdotes. There's little crazy, stupid moments where you're sitting there going, what am I doing here? Like, I I, like why, why did they <laughs> let me in here? That shouldn't have, I, they, I do that all the time though. Um, that's like one of those, whenever I went to Dodger Stadium, because the Galaxy were playing at that, like, you know, the, what was it? The Champions Cup or whatever they, yeah, yeah that, that thing. The International Champions yeah, Cup. That's that what one, the ICC, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, why am I in the Dodgers press box? Why? That's where Vin Scully sits right there. Why am I here? So, 
Um, it's cool. It's so cool, isn't it? I love those moments. It's very cool. Well, if you have, Sophie, if you have a bunch of coin to drop uh, and you're feeling particularly saucy, um, there is one thing. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I'm going to start with the price. This is a $1,200 thing that you could go to if you have $1,200. I will tell you it ends up being about $600 per person, which may, again, be well outside your price zone. But I'm going to tell you that in terms of if you have this money lying around and there was and you are a big fan of Landon Donovan, I'm telling you, I for what I see here and what you get, I feel like you're getting a pretty good value in, in this. One is for $1,200 and it ends up being a donation to the LA Galaxy Foundation. So donation, um, whenever this happens, uh, there you get two reserve seats at the Donovan statue unveiling. That's pretty cool. So up front, you're going to get reserve seats. You're not going to have to stand in the masses or in the press gallery with all of us. Uh, morons over there. Uh, so you're going to get two reserve seats of that. You get one professional photo with Landon Donovan following the statue. So you get a picture with the man on the day that he is honored. That is going to be, that's something you're never going to forget. You're going to get, this one is whatever, a, an, a 2021 LA Galaxy home jersey signed by Landon Donovan. Okay, that's cool. And then you get two platinum club seats. So the best seats in the house, including all of the amenities that go with the platinum club whenever you get there. So I believe you get the, you know, the underground seats and all that stuff uh, to the Champions Lounge and, and things like that um, to the L- and you get that seat for the LA Galaxy versus LAFC. Now, those are expensive seat in a game that is sure to sell out. And to me, that's already 200, 250, 300 dollars to be sitting in those seats for that game. And basically, you're paying another 300 dollars to get all those other things and you meet the man of in the day that he's happening again um that's sort of where we're i i understand twelve hundred dollars a lot of money i get it i'm just saying that if you had that lying around i being a landon donovan fan that i am would consider that i don't have twelve hundred dollars around and i get to go for free because i'm part of the press but i don't get any of the cool stuff and i don't get to sit in the night seats and i don't get to drink and i don't get like the signed jersey and we don't get to take pictures with and we them don't get either, to take ever. pictures ever i do have a picture with me and landon donovan that i didn't take it was part of an la galaxy media scrum and robert mora the always excellent robert mora photographer for the la galaxy took a picture shooting across landon and i was back there and that's hanging up in my studio um, just because I'm like, that's me and that's Landon. And that's a thing that yeah. I will never forget that that happened uh, type of thing. So. I have one with um, I have one with Beckham by default. And can you believe it? The, I closed my eyes. Of course, my you did. eyes are closed. Of course you did. Yeah, it's unbelievable. No, I, I mean, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. terrible. But um, but yeah, I mean, I would I tell you if if I'm loaded, if there's one thing I'm spending money on always is flying first class oh, and getting VIP um, tickets to any sporting or concert event done the, always the um, yes. And I agree. And I will say that in all of my life, one time I got to fly first class, my ex-wife is a flight attendant and we were going down to Mexico, um, down to Cabo. And because she was a flight attendant and we were on a rival airline, but they're all very nice to each other. And they came back mm. and they were like, Oh, uh, Mr. And Mrs. Guessman, your first class upgrades are ready for you. Just follow us. And the leg room, was amazing so um but i'll never have that again you know I, I fly southwest everywhere so that's 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 my thing that's what i do <laughs> all right yeah everybody's like josh just put it on the credit card just put it on the cog credit card not a problem we'll we'll, we'll do that <laughs> and, and make that happen so um anyway so that's where we're sitting on in on all of this stuff uh that's the land and donovan stuff all the stuff coming up on october 3rd october 2nd starting this weekend go to lagalaxy.com you can find that now uh, the man that I talked to, Sophie, on Tuesday night for an hour is the 
rumor central swirling around him. Um, he's got a bunch of rumors around him. We've talked a whole bunch about Dennis DeClosa possibly leaving the LA Galaxy. His contract is up at the end of this year. The Galaxy have an option on his contract if they want to exercise that. But I am here to tell you, and I can confirm and have been confirming for a while, that Dennis DeClosa has been receiving offers from outside of the um, the the MLS sphere. I know there was mm-hmm. FC Cincinnati who was sort of like, oh, well, maybe we'll put him on our list, that type of thing. That turned out to be, oh, well, we probably haven't even talked to him, but maybe he's on our list. That was That's sort of what it turned out to be. Um, but this is real. This seems to be some Tom Bogert um, from MLSsoccer.com. I love it when they report on their own league, um, is saying that uh, Chivas, where Dennis DeClosa was the director of scouting at one point and does have some links and certainly has a lot of links in Mexico, um, he uh, is perhaps interested in in that job. So um, mm. we'll see if Chivas can reel that in. But I, I will tell you this, and and I and I know there's a whole bunch of people who who understand this, is that um, Dennis DeClosa will have no no problems finding a suitor somewhere um, and go somewhere. I just think it would be really interesting if you're the LA Galaxy that you finally start to turn things around. And this year is definitely a step forward. I pretty much, yes, there's lots of work to do. Yes, there's lots of building to do. But this year was better than last year, and that's what it's supposed to be. And because of that, if you make a change like this, and let's say you put Greg Vanny in charge of everything, and some people are for that, and some people are against that, I'm against that. I don't think they have. I don't think senior team coaches have enough time to be also be worrying about the academy level and talking to parents and doing all the stuff that they need to be doing and all that. So you need to split that stuff up and really give it to people who know what they're doing and are passionate about it. Um, and so if you give Greg Vanny that that, and 2022 becomes a step backwards, Sophie, well then now mm-hmm. people get fired. Right. If 22, mm-hmm. 2022 becomes a step backwards and Dennis DeClosa is here, then Dennis DeClosa gets fired. Right. Yeah. I feel like I feel like they think they have everything figured out and that they no longer need Dennis. Um, that's certainly it just feels that way. I don't know if that's the way that it'll play out. So but that's to me, if I'm them, I'm like, at least give them another year to sort of see where this thing is going. And then if you want to move it and the the, the you can agree the team has stabilized everything, then you can mm-hmm. move on from there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I always, what do you think his legacy is going to be? Or do we not know yet, depending on what, what should we answer? Should that question be answered at the end? Of course, but, of y- this but I mean, season, it but doesn't mean we can't speculate. Um, it's a mixed bag, obviously. Uh, GBS was a, a failure. Bag. Um, mm. you know, Chicharito is under his watch. You know, that's a mixed bag. Yes. Very good at the beginning of this year, but injured, you know, it's sort of like if he can't play, then that's a mixed bag. Although I'm not sure, and it's always the case with the big name signings. I'm not sure how much he had input on that. And then we have to argue about this thing. My biggest thing is that people always want to say this is a Dennis player. This is a Greg Vanny player, blah, blah, blah. If there is a GM and there is a coach, there are mutual decisions that are made all the time. GBS had his input and Dennis will go out and use that input to acquire players that GBS wanted. And it seems like Greg Vanny is doing the same thing with with Dennis DeClosa saying, I like these guys. And Dennis is like, great, let's figure out how to make them work. But you, to me, it's a it's a collection of people making decisions. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think? I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think in order to really see, cause this team came together this season really. And, um, I don't, I think that giving him an extra year lets us really see the development of the team, but one, how much power are you going to give him in that year to make key decisions and trades and all sorts of business decisions and then is it out of his hands anyway? He's assembled the team now. It's really down to Greg Vanny, not DTS. 
It's not down to him anymore. He's given him the assets, the tools, the resources that he asked for. Now it's down to the coach to make it work. So if he does walk away, um, I think there'll be a lot of respect from some fans. But I think it also comes with a tinge of disappointment um, because the GBS um, years were dull. Yeah, they, and they were great. I also think it's important, and it certainly centers around our talk that we had on Tuesday night with him, which is the youth development side of things was an absolute train wreck mess whenever he got here. And I feel like it is no longer that. So if he's going to have a legacy and if he leaves now, certainly I think it's unfinished along that line. But if you look at guys like Julian Araujo, who signed a U-22 contract, even Efrain Alvarez, as much as I don't think huh? the ceiling is there for him, they're going to get a chance to sell him. And because they have him locked up under that U-22, they're going to get their full amount in the contract for him whenever they decide to move him, that types of things. All the homegrown players that they've sort of, you know, solidified and brought forward and got, you know, um, uh, I think it was Cuevas who is going to escape all of this and, and try to go play in Europe. And certainly that seems like that. But I will say that that used to be the norm. The guys would just skip out on, you know, going to the LA Galaxy and going and taking all of the development the Galaxy did through the Academy right. and through LA Galaxy 2 and going to Europe. And GBS has, has stopped that. And he's, I think, made people feel appreciated and understand sort of where their best options are. And if that goes away, and they already lost their director of the academy, um, I think Juan Carlos Ortega, he's gone, um, now down with Tigres. So there's a hole there. And if you're not careful, you're going to lose DTK as well. And then where does all that work in the youth development go? And what does that mean down the line? That's a that's a problem down the line. That's the, key, that's the big one right there, because there's so much work that goes into that. And once you start building that strategic objective, someone could come in and completely flip it and say, oh, it's not important. And, and we've seen that happen before, not only in, you know, in, in this league, but in leagues around the world. And it's probably, you know, as as time goes on, that becomes a, a really critical factor. And I think the thing that he's done, too, is I'll give him credit for this. I think he's been really a good communicator. Yes. I think that's been something that was lacking and needed. You know, all the negativity during the GBS time and the Chris Klein thing and fans being disgruntled. I think Dennis took a lot on the chin and really stepped forward uh, more than any other executive. Yes. Uh, and I I, I, I I, would give him credit for that, Josh. Um, well, I mean, look at who, uh, you know, eventually who he replaced, which is Pete Vianis. And Pete mm. Vianis, you know, would walk by us pretending he was on the phone all the time. Uh, Dennis will stop and have a full on conversation with you if you see yes. him. Uh, and, you know, he's open to that discussion and he doesn't he's, he welcomes the criticism. I don't know. It's just it's a whole different vibe. And um, you could get rid of that. And you could you could go a different way. You're just I think if you're the Yellow Galaxy, if you're Chris Klein, you are now putting a lot. Guess what? Somebody's going to get fired if things go downhill in 2022 because it can't stay the way that it is if there's not continuous steps forward. Now, I think the Galaxy are set up in that. But what happens if it goes if there's a step backwards? Well, it's no longer DTK who's going to get fired. Right. I mean, there's like something to this that you it's could not gonna be Chris Klein either. Well, mate. I don't know. I, I know. I know what you mean. Yes. A hundred percent. But I mean, it's, it would certainly seem that way because uh, there's definitely been down years and, and Chris Klein still has a job. So um, that's certainly one of those things. But it's just it's one of those things. Why would you change if you were getting better and things look like they're pointed in a better direction right now um, than they have been in the last four years? And 2019 was that way as well. I need to preface this. 2019 was a good year. The Galaxy made the playoffs. They won a playoff game. Then they got bounced and everybody goes, well, 2020 is going to be even better. And what happened in 2020? Step backwards. 
right? And so that's the that's the stuff. If you're changing unless now, unless he wants to leave, unless he wants absolutely. to leave, and that's you know, um, that's where the rubber will meet the road. If the club want to keep him for a year, fine. But if he wants to go and he wants a new challenge, then there's nothing you can do. Um, about that. No, zero you can do. Uh, LA Galaxy weekly schedule coming up. Uh, we've went over this on Monday, but just to give you an idea of where we are, it is Thursday night tomorrow. Let's say noonish plus about 30 or 40 minutes. The LA Galaxy will host their media availability with LA Galaxy head coach Greg Vanny. And I believe Sebastian Legette is going to be the player um, who's in that. So um, you love it when they do presses the day after the show. <laughs> I, I, I was talking to uh, to Vicky uh, Mercado and PR and I'm like, you know, if it was up to me, I would say that no matter how late the game is, Thursday is our cutoff because we'll think about it for for newspapers as well. Right. Like if anybody who's covering, you're going to get more readers on a Friday morning or on a Friday or on a Thursday afternoon than you are going to get on a Friday afternoon and a Saturday morning. Right. So any of the content you put out, she did have a good counter, though, and that is Greg Vanny's uh, injury reports are always much better whenever it's just two days away from the match than if they're three days away from the match. Touche. <laughs> and yes, I agree. Well um, done, Vicky. Yep. Yep. So she, she got me there. But yeah, I mean, selfishly, I'm saying Thursday's the cutoff. If that's it, we should go on Thursday. Uh, it was interesting. It was going to be on Thursday, actually. Um, and the Galaxy were thinking about flying on Friday. Um, instead, they've now changed to flying on Saturday for the Sunday night game. So that is something that uh, that got changed a little bit. And so um, everything is headed in that direction. The Galaxy will train in the a.m. on Saturday and then Saturday afternoon after training, they all head to the bus. They'll get on an airplane. They'll fly a really far away to Austin, Texas. It doesn't seem like it's that far, but it's a lot further than you think it is um, in order to get there. They'll get there and then the game will kick off at 6.30 p.m. on Sunday. It's the very last game of the MLS schedule. Um, and I think we've talked about that before, but just in case uh, we haven't, uh, the LA Galaxy 6.30 p.m. coming up at the last two games in September are upcoming here. Sophie, you have the Austin game on 9.26 and then like we told you, the RSL game uh, kicks off on 9.29 and then it is just 10 days away from El Trafico. You have the LA Galaxy and LAFC on October 3rd, Landon Donovan statue unveiling. That's there. Now, if you're paying attention at all this weekend, Sophie, there's one game that's very important for everybody to watch and it's the last game on Saturday. Saturday night. That is the Portland Timbers hosting Real Salt Lake. One, because Portland is only one point behind the LA Galaxy. And two is because the Galaxy will play RSL next. All right. And that yeah. means that RSL gets an extra day to rest and they're going to be at home whenever this happens. Um, and the LA Galaxy play the very last game on Sunday night. This game ESPN two and ESPN Deportes. So that's sort of where we sit on that. I, I, have you have you started? I usually start right about now. So I start watching a lot more MLS games around the yeah. one because you're starting to see everybody kick into form, right? Yep. Uh, well, you want LA Galaxy to to kick in the form and be uh, consistent and get that juju going again and that that's what you want and yeah these teams around them i mean the gap even between la galaxy and lafc was what 11 points at one stage in yeah. the season maybe yeah. um 12 i can't remember one of the two i mean seattle you know colorado um we've seen enough of them to be honest with you but then you look at the other side too and and who you know who you might be facing down the road but 
I mean, this is pretty tight here, you know. It's, um, it's very tight. We warned against this all the whole time is, yeah. that, is that do not fall down into that race for four, five, six, seven, and eight. You need to be in that race for one, two, three, and four. I think with a win against Austin, the Galaxy can provide a little separation again. Um, although I do expect Portland to beat RSL too. So, um, you know, although I think that's going to be a close game and RSL's at least a stingy team to play against. They've just, they've had some of the wind taken out of their sails. And you would imagine so that they are focused more on their home game against the LA Galaxy coming up on Wednesday than they will against this game against Portland, although it allows them to jump them in the standings. So there's all this time where it used to be you could focus on one game. I'm telling you, that's not happening anymore. You, it's just, you're, you're going to, every game is going to be your best lineup because you have to start winning every single game. Um, yep. And that means results on the road too. Like you said, a point on the road against RSL would be a huge and a very welcome point. You know, getting wins at home down the stretch is very welcome as well. The LA Galaxy at 38 points, Portland at 37, RSL at 36. You know, everybody's grouped right there and there's not a lot of room to breathe. How many home games after this next... How many home games, how many away games left? Yeah, so let's, the LA Galaxy have, let's see, one, two, uh, let's see. So one, two, three, four home games um, are left, and that means five away games right now because there's nine. Even. So yeah, yeah. They're, they're even, but it's shaded in terms of the away games. Now, after you play Austin, you'll have eight games left. It'll be four and four. So they'll be even, and that's how you can sort it. So mm -hmm. if you win at Austin, reset, now you have eight games. If you could win all four of your home games, which is a huge, giant ask, Okay. Although there are some winnable games in here. Uh, LAFC is a winnable game. Portland is a winnable game. Dallas is a winnable game. Actually, you know what? All their home games are winnable games, uh, even against Minnesota the last day of the year. Um, so those are winnable games. Their, their road games are less winnable. Uh, Houston will be a tough game. I expect they could win that game, but you're at Sporting Kansas City. You're not winning that game. And you're at Seattle. You're not winning that game. It'd be no. great if you do, but I, you can't sit here and tell me that you're expecting that to happen. So again, win in Austin, set it, set it up for eight games, four and four. And if you win all four of your home games, you very well could hold on to that four spot. You might even be able to climb into that third spot. I know that sounds crazy, but um, let's see if Colorado peaked. I, you know, I think I feel I have this feeling. I really like Colorado. I think they're good, but I feel like they're the ones most likely to sort of stumble down this stretch. What do you think? There's nothing. There's nothing more I would find joyous than to see Stan Kroenke's team fail miserably. Um, I'm I'm here for this. And you know what? Playing them, there was there was such a prickly team, especially that last home game. Mm -hmm. Kind of walked away thinking how on earth did they lose that match yeah but they're good i mean they're they're, but they're very prickly yes. and they're mature they're, they're, I, yes this they're, they're professional they play they know how to see out a game yeah they know how to do that oh. and i don't think that's going to be easy no. you know those those three games are where it's going to be won and lost those that away game yep to kansas um seattle Battle. is always like i mean that's just such a tough place to go and play a football match, isn't it, really? I mean, and I mean, LA Galaxy just don't like going up there. Let, let's pretend maybe. in a perfect world for a second. Let's pretend this is a perfect world. Uh, the LA Galaxy win against uh, Austin. They get a point against RSL. Again, this is optimistic. You're thinking great. Okay, now you get into October. You have three home games in October. You win all three of those home games. If you do that, and those are all winnable home games, you have a very good chance of being in that top four. Um, in fact, a ridiculously good chance because Greg Vanny talks about how some games, there's only a certain amount of games now really that can change your standings and change things. If you win enough points, however, you can change things, especially in this bottom group. So I feel like you could catch 
the Seattles and the sporting Kansas cities and the Colorado's. Now, having said that the LA galaxy are winless in six, they're Oh, three and three. Um, their record, whenever they uh, allow the first goal is one, seven and three. Sophie one time that was, Terrible. that was the very first game, by the way, um, against inner Miami is the one that they won whenever they allowed the first goal. Um, and they are 10, two and two when scoring the first goal. If I am Greg Vanny and I know this stat and I know how the LA Galaxy play and I was talking to um, name drop time. Um, I was talking to uh, to Taylor Twelman today uh, because he's doing the game on, for ESPN on um, on Sunday. And so I, I was talking to him a little bit and I'm like, listen, I go, I know this, this Galaxy team thinks that they are this big possession team and that they want to play pretty and it's Tiki Taco and look how pretty we pass. Look how good we move and all this stuff, except that it's absolutely toothless and nothing comes of it. And they give up the ball. And not only do they give up the ball, they give it up in a bad spot. They get turned, they get countered and that allows them and exposes the back line. And then they're off to the races. Minnesota was the perfect example of that. 100%. Minnesota had 30 terrible game. Oh, horrible game. Uh, Minnesota had 35% possession, Sophie. They had 10 chances to the LA Galaxy, 65% and five chances. They doubled yeah. their chances because they knew how to exploit the LA Galaxy. And if the Galaxy score first, like they did against Minnesota the last time they were there, what happens? Galaxy win one nothing. Why? Because the Galaxy don't get stretched. They sit back. They're more compact. They need to learn how to play team defense. I don't know that that's happening this year. So if you're going to do that, play to your strengths and your strength yeah. is not holding the ball and passing for nothing. Um, First, firstly, did Taylor thank you for doing his job for him? I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, I he helped, should have patted you on the actually, back. No, no, no. Taylor was, Taylor's <laughs> always like, you know, and, and we've been, we've talked, we, we've been friends for a really long time, um, but we always talk about games. And I, I told him today, I go, it's like I'm texting myself, right? Because he would just say, yeah, I see this too. I agree, blah, 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 the whole deal. And whenever I said the whole, they think they're a possession team, but they're probably better on the counter. He was like, I can totally see that. I understand what you're saying. I know what you're saying too, Sophie. You're like, where's the speed? Where's, here's the, here's the thing about the counter and this is where I wanted to get into is when the galaxy counter and they're successful their outside backs push forward and bypass the mm. midfield so all that slowness that you have in the midfield that you don't necessarily love is fine because that means you can push Julian Araujo up the right hand side you can push Nico Hamelin and up the left hand side you can get that speed on the outside you can do those things even Viafania can get forward and does play forward a lot when he's there and so that counter involves them which allows one or two of the midfielders to suck back and be a little more defensive and help out in that play. But getting Chicharito in the box, getting Jovalich in the box, getting Cabral in the box, getting Grand Sierra in the box, all those things happen when the Galaxy counter and they don't allow teams to set up because they are not good enough right now to beat a bunkered team. They can't. If you, but also, a, how many how many crosses have they put in and how many plays have been on the end of them? And sometimes you need that midfield to push up to be on the end of one of those because, you know, the, the flanks is where the speed is and it's totally understandable. You know, you want to get the ball in Araujo's, to Araujo's feet but you also need that support from midfield as well as the fact that they want to be a little bit, you know, protective and defensive. And, which and which sometimes they do a horrible it, job of. They're horrible. Yeah. That, and it's been, and it seems like sometimes not the team's confused, but they're just a pace too slow. They don't you get know? it. They don't get this system yet. And, and, no. I, it's not like one of those things where you throw it out. You don't. You have to keep learning the system. This will be Vanny. He will be teaching the system. He, you know, two and three years into this, Vanny will still be teaching the same system because this is Vanny's system and he will find guys who learn it and who play it. And right now they seem so lost. They don't know where each other is supposed to be. They, especially in the midfield, right? Look at the midfield and how it moves. And you're like somebody like they're looking around for each other so often. Like, where's the, where's my next pass? They don't know where the next pass is. They don't know where other people are going to be. And 
that has to come with time. And if you look at that midfield, there's been no consistency there. I mean, where's the consistency for, for the LA Galaxy in the midfield? This is why, when I said earlier, this is why Leggett passes sideways and backward, backwards a lot. Because, because, yes. Because those things that you're talking about are just not happening. No. You know, and then it looks like he's playing negative football. He's not. And really, yeah. he's, he's protecting the ball, if anything. He is. And, and I was a little hard on him earlier, but I think that's what's happening. No, he's absolutely doing that. You nailed it. And that's what you see. That's why everybody's like, well, why can't Sebastian Legette play like he does on the U.S. Men's National Team? Well, great. Make some runs in front of him and watch him find those people. Watch him get in him into the attack in a comfortable spot where he knows he has coverage behind. Because so often with the LA Galaxy, Legette has to come back and try to play cleanup in the center and you can't have a guy who wants to go forward and just be like score goals and be that offensive threat whenever he knows there's going to be nobody in the center whenever there's a counterattack, nobody quick enough to be there and he's going to have to be that guy and he's also playing with better players in the u.s men's national he is. team he is that's just the truth that team is like there's got some rock stars in it now it's totally different which is going to help him in his game great but this is what makes you look at this team like when you talk about dennis like you know, Vasquez and 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 Cle and Kleishen and um, Dos Santos, if even Legette. Like, what's what's going to happen with this group in particular? Uh, it's interesting. I, w I was just arguing in the discord about this and I said, you know, you can't assign people to like GMs, right? right? Or you can't assign people to um, to coaches, right? It's like, oh, well, this isn't right. Vanny's guy, but there are some very clear Vanny guy, DTK guys. Sasha Kleshin is probably a Dennis DeClosa guy. I'm sure that Greg Vanny is fine with that. That's fine. Uh, you know, Victor Vasquez, clearly a Greg Vanny guy, He's right? He's a Greg Vanny guy. Right, yeah. and so it's like, it's like one of those. Sebastian Legette was before either of those guys. He's one of the longest tenured players on the LA Galaxy, and you realize why he's still on the team. I still think he's incredible, incredibly valuable. People keep wanting to get rid of him, and I'm like, you're no, crazy. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. What are you going to do? Who are you going to bring in? No, it, Jonathan Dos Santos is the one who doesn't really have a future with this team, for sure. Victor Vasquez is getting older, so his future is limited, but it depends on what role you want him to play. Sophie, do you want him to come in with the last 25 minutes to try to find something? I would. I like Victor I Vasquez. Yeah. I'd have him off the bench. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's he can't be your 90 minutes. He can maybe be a 60-minute no. guy, but we talk about building into a lineup. What are you going to do whenever you need to score a goal and have your best 11 on the field in the 75th minute? Sometimes it can't be Sasha Kleshin, who already played the first 60 minutes. He can't be there, but he can come in in the second half. He may be one of your better guys, right? And so I feel like the Galaxy, even if they move Cabral to the bench, can get a boost with Cabral coming off the bench. What happens when Cabral comes off the bench is he looks a lot faster because he's running against tired players, right? And he seems to have just, if when he's given one single task of something to yeah. do, he can do it. Um, yeah. He gets put in dangerous spots. Vanny says that all the time. So, Do you uh, think Vanny micromanages? Do you think he overloads the players? This is my argument with yeah. uh, Mikel Arteta last season and, and earlier this season. You know, he overloads the players with too much data and information, and it feels like micromanaging at, at some point. I don't um, do know. Do you think Vanny does that? That's a great question. I don't know. I feel like he's perfectly capable of doing that. I feel he's smart enough to be able to overload somebody with him, with with that information. I also think, though, he's smart enough to know when to dumb it down. Um, and I think he can do that. Now, certainly on the sideline, I watch him like yelling at players to shift over. That's the defender in him. He can see when the when the galaxy have somebody trapped and the galaxy have yeah. no idea that they have somebody trapped right now. Uh, there's no recognition that now is the time to sort of launch that back press. Sophie, you know, it's not, it's like now is the time you have them trapped against the sideline, pin them, get them going, move forward. Everybody take somebody. Um, and he sees that. I, I told, I, I was talking and I was like, 
you can see the frustration from him on the sidelines like and it's so evident whenever the galaxy don't press in the proper way and he's like he's trying to get people to move over and trying you know it's like he you can see he knows where everybody's supposed to be and everybody's like what where am i supposed to be and it's just it's just not there yet um yeah the, the 17 players is something i think there's a lot of information but i mean vanny's going to play and i think he signaled this in the last game after the last game which is he's going to play his best players they're going to play and if they get tired in the last nine games, they get tired, but his best players are going to play out there. And he's done with, you know, sort of mixing around and trying to do stuff. And I think he's going to simplify everything and be like, this is what we need to do. And this is how we're going to accomplish it. And if that means that they play 100% counterattacking because he's looked at it and he says that's the best way to go about this for the last 10 games, last nine games, that's what they're going to do. And that's what a coach should do at this point. There are some plays on this team, though, that aren't as, okay, so you've got... Uh, players who are speedy, they're fast, they're whatever. You've got players that are slow aging in the twilight of their careers. But what you have is you've got a couple of really super smart players, footballing wise, who think two moves ahead of everybody else and the team can't keep up with that. Like sometimes I feel Julian Araujo is so ahead of everyone in his thinking and they're, they're not there and they, they're not where they need to be. And, and he's already he's already in that moment. He's already made that move. Right. You know, and um, Chicharito, for example, he's so smart, the runs that he takes up. You've missed that. Oh, once a pl at the beginning, you can cope with losing a player like that because you make adjustments and players really want to prove themselves and say, we can win without him. We can score goals without him. But we did a show when he first got injured and we said, when he's not playing, where are the goals going to come from? Yep. And you, you can deal with that in a short space of time, but over a longer period of time, and he was out a lot longer, I think, than most people thought he would be, you, you struggle and you struggle to fill that void. And you, you struggle to replace that intelligence as well. It's not just, you know, being in the right place at the right time. It's having the mindset to beat your opponent positionally as well. And he's so good at that in that six-yard box and that penalty area. Yes. So sometimes those passes coming from the flanks are wasted because, you know, Cabral's not that guy. You know, just some of these other players are not that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah so he, he could be the jewel in the crown in this in these final nine games josh he he's going to be so important he could so I, important I, I was talking to somebody before sort of in the middle of the season when the galaxy were were playing well even and they're like who's the difference maker on this team though like who can and and my and they were like you can't just say it's chicharito because he's not the same guy that he was and so you know is he but i, I will tell you this that if chicharito returns to the form he was in the first 10 games the la galaxy will cruise into the playoffs and they will be 100%. a very dangerous team in the playoffs um he may not be the same guy playing for Real Madrid or Man United or West Ham or, you know, the pace of the game in, in Europe, not because it's, it, it's just different, right? He, he couldn't play that game anymore, but in this league, you know, in this team, he's the best player. He's the best player on this team. Yeah. And you know, I wasn't a fan of the signing at all. Right. Right. Um, and I'm ready to eat my humble pie. Cause if he can come back and he can really drive this team in these last nine games, I think he's critical. Oh, he is. Remember, remember when we were talking Araujo about Araujo is this is a close second to being is. the best player on this. It is. And he can only affect so much from the right back. Right. Exactly. He, I mean, he can't yeah. he can score goals from right back, but you can't expect a right back to score no. goals. Um, it's not his job. No, it, it's not at all. You know, again, and I think uh, E-Super was talking in the chat room. I know there's other people as well, you know, saying, you know, that's why you if the L.A. Galaxy have to score the first goal, don't you start your best lineup? Well, here, here's my problem with that is that, in my opinion, the best lineup right now that the L.A. Galaxy have to score a goal is with 
uh, Jovalich and Chicharito up together in that lineup. And I don't know that you can play 90 minutes like that with the LA Galaxy. Like uh, a 4-4-2? Like yeah, a- I, would, I would go into a 4-4-2 of some sort and, it, and it's going to move some. Or, I mean, there's even a chance that you could even go into like a 5-3, you know, 5-3-2, right? And have mm-hmm. your outside backs be more of those midfielders and, and sort of pivot in those two directions. I can see that happening as well uh, to give yourself some defensive bite. And also what happens whenever you do that is you minimize the midfield where we have both talked about there aren't a bunch of playmakers in that midfield. Now you can get, you know, Sebastian Legette in there. You can get Victor Vasquez in there and then you get one more guy. So do you you get Grant Searer in there and how does he play? Um, you know, the whole thing, there's a whole bunch of things that become a problem and the galaxy haven't played really in any of these formations for very long. So if you're going to do that down the nine games, trying to mix that formation now doesn't seem like it's the smartest idea. So that's why I almost go back to, you know, the four, three, three, which is what they've been playing more of this season is probably going to be that starting lineup. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's just it's all this. I, I if you need a goal, I want to see Jovalich and Chicharito out there together. Um, yeah. You could, and you, I think it's it's perfectly reasonable, by the way, that everybody says that maybe you start them together if you need to score first if you're the LA Galaxy and transition to a more defensive lineup in the second half if you need to. Also for Jovalich as well to play is a coming of age type of process for him too, right? Playing alongside Chicharito. Um, and he can, you know, um, feed off his energy. Consistency for him too, right? Consistency, because we've seen a little bit up and a little bit down. Uh, Chicharito, you need consistency from him. He has been, he's missed a couple sitters in the last couple of days. So consistency for me is like one of the keys of everything. This is the theme of these next nine games. And Araujo the same, because, you know, sometimes he can dip in and out. And Grancier, I think, should start. He, he, He does have a bit of an X factor about him. And even though he's been on the bench and stuff like that, there's there's a consistency to his game, I think. Um, now, some people want him to score more goals, of course. Uh, Cabral's been the slow learner right. in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chicharito's the one that can help build that consistency because he's going to score a lot of goals, right? Yeah. And the other thing, too, with him is I'm not being funny. When you see him in the presses and in the interviews and when he's talking, he is so... Desperate. Desperate is not the right word. It's an unfair word. He is so passionate about winning MLS Cup. Yes, he wants it. He doesn't care. He wants it. By the way, he wouldn't. And he doesn't care who knows it. Yeah. yeah, And and he doesn't care if he's not the reason for it. Right. Like, and he's he's that desperate and and desperate in a passionate way, I think is the best way to sort of sort of put that. Uh, He's so he so wants it. He does not care if. The LA Galaxy win an MLS Cup, and it's best for the team to sit for him to sit on the bench. He will be the biggest cheerleader out there, knowing that he's helped get them to this point and everything. And right. he will be there. Um, that being right. said, he wants to be the guy. He needs to he needs to be in there. So let's get ready for this Austin game because we've been we've been uh, sort of talking around it. The LA Galaxy will travel on uh, on Saturday for a Sunday, September twenty sixth game. Uh, this game will kick off at six thirty p.m. We've talked about it. ESPN, ESPN Deportes is where you can find this nationally televised game. It will be blacked out on ESPN Plus if you have ESPN Plus. Uh, kickoff itself will be just eight minutes past six thirty, so not a super big long lead in. Six thirty eight p.m. is when they're scheduled for kickoff in this particular game. And Sophie. I'm here to tell you, in some weird twist of events, the LA Galaxy will be wearing green uh, in the home of the Verde in Austin FC. What? Yes. The how, LA Galaxy. this happening? The LA Galaxy will be wearing their community kit in Austin FC at Q2 uh, Stadium there, and they will be the ones wearing green 
in the home of the green. Somebody asked me how this is possible. And I said, the only way this is possible is if Austin decided they wanted to wear white. That's the only another kit. I I don't, I mean, they have their white kits, you know, they have their white kit. I don't know why they wouldn't wear green. It's always bizarre to me when this happens. Right. Yeah. The the only thing I can think of is they're happy to wear white and sell more shirts. Yeah. But I mean, they need to push them. I don't know. Your color is green. You have a whole like thing about it in your stadium. You get to choose which, I mean, there's, I, I, somebody asked, well, maybe MLS forced them. There's zero chance MLS came in there and said, you can't wear your, no, they would want their, I don't know. So anyway, the galaxy will be wearing their community kit, which is the tech green in the home of the green. I, I don't know. Maybe Austin fans want to cheer for a winning team instead of a losing team. And Austin FC has <laughs> lost 16 times this year already. So um, and their home record ain't great either. Um, whenever you look at the home record, it is. And let me make sure I get it right. Uh, three, seven and two. They have three wins all year, seven losses and two draws five times out of their 12 games that they've had at home so far. They have gotten a result. And that is it. Um, we have is Matthew McConaughey going to be banging that drum? I hope so. I mean, I, I want I want I do full, like a bit of Matthew. I've, all right. All right. All right. Um, all right. I want full Verde treatment here. I want I want the whole thing and I want that stadium to be packed, which it looks like it's going to be. I know a ton of Galaxy fans are traveling, so please be careful. Yeah. Headed to Texas. Be careful there. Come back safely. All that fun stuff. Go enjoy the game. Um, we have some people on our Discord who actually live in Texas and are going down for this game uh, to watch the LA Galaxy play, obviously, uh, against Austin FC. So there's... A t- I just... I, I, it boggles my mind how you would let a an opponent come in in one of your biggest games of the year because LA Galaxy gets their eyes on them, Chicharito playing, all this stuff, the Galaxy, blah, 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 however you want to say it, leads into this game, and you're going to let them wear your color, like their color in your house? I just, mm, it's like, it's like- They've the, already lost. They've it, already lost. It's like if the Galaxy had a black kit, which they have had in, in years past, obviously, well before LAFC ever had their colors. Um, but it would be like the LA Galaxy saying, you know what? You go ahead and wear black. We're going to wear white today. It's like, no, you shift that other team out of their colors. Get them out of their colors. I don't know. It just seems seems like a crazy seems thing. seems like a rookie mistake it by does. Austin FC, and they will learn It does you know, their inaug- from their inaugural season. They, they need to. They need to learn something because so far it hasn't been. Uh, 11-9-5, the LA Galaxy for 38 points, fourth in the Western Conference, seventh in the Supporter Shield. Austin FC, 5, 16, and 4, 19 points total this year, 13th in the Western Conference, that's last, 26th in the Supporter Shield, only Toronto is one point worse than Austin FC. Uh, having said all of that, there are some reasons, perhaps, that the LA Galaxy will struggle against this Austin team. Now, I will I will call them um, lethargic uh, Austin FC on offense. They last uh, last week played San Jose. Did you see any of this game, Sophie? I did not. I didn't. This was San Jose haven't been great either, but they have not. But this was a game that was cl- like an MLS game. At one point, I think it was three one in ter- in 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 favor of Austin at home, uh, and they ended up losing that game four to three. And Alexander Ring got a red card in it. Um, just. So many things happened that went wrong, which means Ring will not be available. I think we heard today uh, Beasler will not be available. Matt Beasler at right. center back will not be available as well. And so um, Austin will come into this down one of their better players. Uh, Alexander Ring is one of their better players um, in all of this. Uh, Pochettino is a good player there as well. Uh, Stuver, their goalkeeper, has actually more saves than Jonathan Bond, which is, I, I think, hard to do. Um, but he has 105 saves to Jonathan Bond's 889 saves. Um, so only Austin FC have been under attack, it seems, more than the LA Galaxy. Interesting here, 
I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. The LA Galaxy have the fourth highest average possession in a game in the league. Fourth highest. Doesn't mean anything. Okay. Austin FC has the second most possession in the league. See? Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> uh, the Galaxy have the ninth best offense in the league. All right. Everybody wants to wants to pound on the LA Galaxy. They score goals. They do score goals. They're in the top 10 in offenses. That's fine. But the Galaxy and Austin are both tied for the sixth worst defense in the league, each allowing 40 goals. So if you want to know the difference between Austin FC and the LA Galaxy right now is the difference in the Galaxy's offense versus the Austin offense. And that Has seems about it. Has the we love affair with Bond ended? No. Is it his fault? No, it's no. The defender's fault, if, right? If any Williams is, isn't, I've told you this last time I was on, I'm just, I think that was an inflated, get excited about signing and. I think he'll be okay. Not, I'm more worried about cool Bali in the long term than I think I am at Williams. I think Williams will be a perfectly fine. I am baffled and I have been baffled and people have listened to me on this podcast. I do not understand why the galaxy's defense is this bad. There is no, po- I, I have told people who, um, who I respect greatly in the, in this game. And I sit there and I say, listen, I'm telling you the galaxy's defense is not this bad. I don't get it. It does not make sense. They're not disciplined enough. They're not. And it's not the back line. I mean, yes, some of it is the back line. Absolutely. Guess what? Every goal is scored. It's usually somebody on the back line's fault. That's how that's how scoring works. That's how defense works. That's usually how it is. But the midfield's lack of accountability towards anything resulting in defense just baffles me. And I sit there and go, you can't always think you're going to score goals like the the midfield's like, oh, we're going to go score some goals. So you guys hold down the defense. Um, Mentally, they, they can't stay engaged for 90 plus minutes across however many games over a season. They just can't do it yet, but they've got to find a way to do it in the last nine games, you know, and Greg's talked about that before. They've got to stay met. They make stupid errors, mental disengagement. And also sometimes they're exposed on the flanks because they push up that counterattack in football that you're talking about as Mm -hmm. well. So they make stupid mistakes um, that they haven't eradicated. And there's nine games left in the season regular. That's it. You know, it's just not, it's not good enough. And also I said to you last time I was on, why is he, f- stop with the Bond Klinsman thing. Stop that. Well, you Bond's don't need been, to rotate. Bond's been injured. So that's why he hasn't Okay, well, playing. yeah, yeah he's but, the last, yeah, yeah the Minnesota the, the, game. Yeah, he that was one time, that one time yeah. he was not. Bond was on the bench the last time. I imagine he was still coming back from, uh, somebody just asked right. for a Bond and Williams injury. Actually, shout out to uh, John who gave us a $5 super chat for a Bond and Williams injury update. Here's the bad news, John. We'll know tomorrow. Um, what I'm expecting is that Jonathan Bond will be available to start because he was on the bench for the last game. I imagine that now he's recovered enough, had the week off, that he is available and ready to go. On Williams and his groin injury, because um, Bond was a quad strain, uh, Williams is a groin injury. We don't know. We will find out tomorrow um, whether or not he'll be back. So that'll be... Uh, I mean, as much as I don't like... Yeah, I don't think Williams is that great. You, you, you want, don't want... You want you him want, back. He's... You want him back over well, you know who. Well, I think between Koulibaly and Steres, those guys are playing for who's going to be next to him. And in my opinion, Koulibaly's almost played himself out of the position multiple times. And so, you know, even by default now, I think Dan Steres is going to might take over that next to Williams down the stretch. We'll see. Greg isn't always a fan of Dan Steres. Um, um, uh, well, well, here's again, the problem. Another one whose who's legs kind of go real quick His, in a game. Here's the thing that... Um, 
here's the thing that I worry about whenever I look at this is that Koulibaly is incapable of tracking anybody who's not like right next to him. And even whenever that happens, he seems to just sort of be like, eh, you take him. Um, and we've seen so many times where he's just stopped running with players and that player has ended up scoring that you got to question that any any run off of Koulibaly's back shoulder can be a goal. He does not track anybody who's behind him. He doesn't know they're there. Um, and so to me, that's the biggest problem is that all the teams know that and they've all started running off his back shoulder, which is why he has gotten more and more exposed as we've sort of gone gone along with all these things. Um, the Galaxy can play three in the back all they want. I don't care. Um, Steras and Koulibaly and Williams can play that in that formation mm. um and if you want to put araho on the right hand side he's just fine as wing back on that yep. um nico hamalainen is probably better as a wing back than he is as a left back because he likes to I'd attack with that um via Fania, i think can play wing back just not as not for 90 minutes so you got to figure out when you're going to use him in that attacking role um a little bit older with the legs on the outside but still more solid defensively than hamalainen is so, I mean, these are all the things that we sort of have to go, uh, put into uh, to perspective. For me, this is this is what I see, Soph, on this game, is that uh, Austin's going to want to try to possess at home, and that's what they seem to do, and they don't do anything with it, and I think that works into the LA Galaxy's favor. If the Galaxy don't yes. have to possess this ball, they will win this game. Um, if they do, if Austin decides that they're just going to sit back and defend, the Galaxy could lose this game. So, I mean, you, you'd think Josh no, Wolf was cannot. smart enough they can't they can't afford to lose this game no they can't i mean this this would be not not only would it be a disaster but it would be embarrassing if they lost this game to this particular team at this time yeah you're I, not you're not you're not a playoff team i'm not gonna say you're not a playoff team you're not an mls cup winning team if you lose to austin can, can, i mean that might, might be a bit dramatic of me to say i know there's still saying. a chance yes but come on you've got to beat them and beat them convincingly i will tell you this and this is the one thing that gives me hope for what i've seen and i, I sort of mentioned at the beginning of the show is that when the galaxy play good teams they play better now they've been on the wrong side of every single one of those results mm -hmm. but their best games played have been in those games and so if you're telling me that the galaxy can gain just a little bit of momentum just a little bit of comfort of playing against those good teams and being successful in that then put them in a playoff position where they have to play those good teams i don't feel horrible about that if you're telling me yeah you have to go on the road and you have to play sporting kansas city i'm like could they steal something absolutely the team is talented enough to steal points on the road but that's why really being in the top four is important get a home playoff game so you can win that first one at home because the next game you're going to get is probably going to be on the road um yeah. and that's that's going to be difficult for you but i i feel like they're good against good teams yeah, a few weeks ago, I'm, I would have agreed with you more. Like nobody would want to face LA Galaxy in the playoffs because they are that team that can just turn it on, right? They can. but And they can. Um, but uh, I'm not sure about that now with certain teams. If they can improve their form, you know, and Chicharito plays, he can score at will. Consistency. If he wants. In, in, and, and, and in that six-yard box, if there is... Is there a player with more consistency in that six-yard box in this league than him? No. He can, he, he can do it all, and he can pick it up and turn. He's the one. They need him in this stretch. This, it, Everyone should get their little prayer mat out and just... Light their, you know, light their little candles. They used to do those like when Wayne Rooney would get injured before like the World Cup or David Beckham. Right. The, the, the center spread of the newspaper would be like his little mat and you put your hands on it and you know you'd have to pray that Beckham's metatarsal would be fine yes you know by the time that England went to Japan or whatever it's I mean I mean this yeah. is this is the type of game where um you want to see um just that fight um you want to see the 
um, I, uh, you know, again, and we've been saying, but like a consistent level of energy, you need that consistency in energy in order to do this. You need yes. that, that thought against all these, you need to be pressure, pressuring them in all the right places. And it seems like this is a, a team, um, that the LA galaxy can beat and should beat. So, I mean, this should is, be, three. is this also though, Josh, a game where the consistency is going to be important, but the result is the most important. Yeah, don't, care, don't care how it happens. <laughs> I don't, don't care how it happens. Don't it can, care if it goes off Cabral's nose. No, it doesn't. As long as it don't goes care. In. It does not matter. Yeah. It could be as ugly yeah. as you want it to be. This is there is no yeah. there are no points for pretty. And the L.A. Galaxy have sort of proven that throughout this year. Play pretty all you want, guys. Go ahead. You don't get yeah, points. Exactly. for that. So um, that's it. All right. Uh, any last. Actually, you know what? We do have a winner of our secret word, Marvin. We do? You, Who is it? You, sir, are the winner. Uh, consistency is the word. Um, just there at the end. <laughs> Sophie and I have been going in and out of it. We've been trying to get back to it. We've been working on it, the whole deal. So I don't know if we did a great job, but Marvin, you got it. Consistency is our word uh, for today. And by the way, a great theme. If you were going to wear a t-shirt that had a word on it for the rest of these nine games, it has to be that consistency uh, for the LA Galaxy. So thanks, Marvin. Send me an sure. email. Let me know uh, what, Let me know uh, your address and I will send you out some, some stickers and stuff like that. So we appreciate it. Sophie, your score for this weekend against Austin? Well, goals have been tough to come by, but this is it. This is the game to bang the goals in and get some uh, consistency. Yes. And uh, and confidence is another key word. Confidence is going to be key. I'm going to go for a cheeky 3-1. 3-1. I was going to say 3-1, I, I, but I feel like it'll be closer. Like, it'll be 3-1, and then you get into the 88th minute, and Austin will score a stupid goal, and it'll be 3-2, and everybody is squeaky bum time down the way. But the Galaxy should win. Uh, they are expected to win. We'll use last week's secret word as well. They're expected to win. Um, <laughs> this, this season is tough. This, this whole thing that's coming down is ridiculously hard for the LA galaxy. Everything that you see from them right now, uh, is going to be a struggle because they're not playing well and they don't have the confidence, but you get a good win against Austin. You go on the road to RSL, you get a draw there and you're home to LAFC with a chance on national television and Landon Donovan induction day. Um, if Landon doesn't give the pregame speech and tell everybody to get fired up, I, d I don't know what's happening in the world, <laughs> but that's what would happen if I was the coach of this. Um, and so there is time to gain momentum. These next three games are sort of that time. You have the home games coming up. You're going to be equal four at home, four away after this Austin game. This Austin game should be three points because they're not a good team. Um, I don't think they scare the galaxy on offense. Yes, they can score goals, but it takes a lot for them to do that. Um, so in all ways, this should be an LA galaxy win. And that's where I'm putting it three, two for me. You say three, one, uh, that would mean the LA galaxy score three goals, even though we said they've had trouble scoring goals, but I, I like it. I'm, I'm with you as well. It feels like, uh, it feels like it's going to go, uh, by the way, uh, uh, e super says no way it's going to be like a one, nothing game. I could, Hey, listen, Probably. at this point, I don't even know. Uh, oh, somebody he was saying four nothing, even four nothing as well. I just it doesn't matter. I don't care if it bounces off Greg Vanny and goes into the net. As long as it counts, um, everything is good for the Galaxy. They need the three points here. This is a makeup. Chicharito's playing in this game, right? He, sh he should be available. I have I've not okay. heard that he's not available, and you can bet Greg Vanny's not going to tell us tomorrow because there'd be no reason to ask about him. He should be fine. Right. Like it's there's there was no injury. He's good. He should be playing. There's no problems there. Um, so, uh, the only people we're watching are 
um, Jonathan Bond and Derek Williams. Those are the only two on the injury watch that I, I know of. So, all right, that's what we got. Uh, Very cool. I think we're good. Everybody, uh, thank you for playing along with our secret word game there. Thank you for playing for the Wikipedia game as well. We appreciate that. We'll keep playing these on Thursdays. Thursdays only because I try not to give Kevin too much to think about while he's doing his podcast. We don't want him going off all sideways and stuff like that. So uh, Thursday night is... Was it, was it sub-zero for him? On I, ch- I tuned into the show for a bit and I'm like, why is Kevin dressed like it's wintertime? Like a blue Smurf? Yes. Well, he was wearing, yeah. was he just showing off his Man City gear because no, he's got some, a new scarf somebody complained about his open collar and the chest that was exposed uh, whenever he was oh. wearing his U.S. men's national team uh, polo the year, the day before. So Kevin decided that he didn't want to offend anybody. So he put on the good, he put on his, his beanie, he put on his scarf, he did all that. Um, and he did it. I will tell you 100% that after we're done, I said, are you hot? He goes, I'm sweating. So he spent the whole <laughs> hour, whatever, sweating um, and doing the whole thing. So it was uh, it was so fun. Good. All right. Uh, so if anything else you want to talk about, or are we good? No, all good. And look, let's get the win. And thanks again for having me. You rock. Uh, absolutely brilliant. And at some point you will come and sort out my lighting. We'll, we'll get um, it I need to go on a lighting spree. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, we, Amazon has everything. We can we can we can help you out. Um, Sophie, tell people where they can find you. Let's go. Um, at Highbury Squad, give it a, give it a shot on YouTube. Bit of Arsenal, bit of Premier League, bit of everything really. And uh, same on Twitter, and then at Soccer Diva on Twitter for me. Thanks very much, everyone. Stay safe, no matter where you are, and come on the LA Galaxy. Let's get this. All right, there you go. There goes Sophie, Miss Sophie Nicolau. Uh, if you're looking for me at Jay Guessman, J G U E S M N, and of course at Galaxy Podcast, head on over to CornerTheGalaxy.com podcast shows. Great one with Dennis Closa. Catch our Monday show as well. Lots of previews going some live coverage uh, tomorrow of the uh, press conference as well and we'll find out who's available and how the LA Galaxy are feeling ahead of Austin. Alright, that does it for Miss Sophie DeCannon Nicolau. I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll see you on Monday, everybody. Have a great one. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.